Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? I think so, but also I might be having a vision. I'm not really, it's honestly unclear. To listen to this show, find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. I can tell you the vision that we're getting. The vision is that we're talking about the MTV Spider-Man show. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually kind of like this episode. Yeah, I think yeah, it's uh think it's, pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. I think it's a pretty fun one. Pretty fun one. I don't have a lot of background on it. Uh, the only background I got from the commentaries is that this episode that we're talking about today, which is a Silver Sable episode, we'll have plenty to talk about, I'm sure, with all that stuff. But according to the creators, this episode was inspired, oddly enough, by Michelangelo Antonioni's. I don't think I pronounced that right. But we're going to go with that. I don't know how else you would. (laughs) Sure. Uh, 1966 film, Blow Up. Never heard of it. But the plot of that movie is about a fashion designer in London who believes he's unwittingly caught a murder on film. Ooh. Sounds cool. Yeah, I, I th- that sounds cool. And I, and I actually think it's a really smart idea for a Spider-Man episode where Peter Parker is a photographer who also does video stuff because that's essentially what happens in, in this episode. Peter catches mm-hmm. a murder attempt on camera and that gets them all wrapped up in all kinds of chaos and drama, uh, which is kind of fun. The, <laughs> the only other note that I have for this one before we start digging into it that I think is very funny. The title of this episode is Spider-Man Disabled, which is... A clunky, silly little pun title, and but it's fine. I think it's um, a bad name. <laughs> I think it's bad. It's that's why I say it's clunky. Yeah. It's 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 cute in that this show never does like pun titles or whatever. So like you tried, I guess. Okay, I, I yep. guess. <laughs> but uh, according to Morgan Gandell, story editor on this show, and I guess he was the writer of this episode. Yeah, he was one of the writers of this episode. <laughs> he wanted to name the episode Shutter Buggery. And on the commentary, they're all like, yeah, we were just like, what does that mean? And he was like, I thought it was a good pun. So instead, we went with this pun title instead. I just uh, think. I but, <laughs> Don't puns need to make sense two ways? Isn't that like right. the whole point of a pun? Uh-huh. Usually. Uh-huh. Spider-Man isn't disabled in this in any way, shape, or form. Nothing about what he's doing is hindered by anyone. Really? I mean. More so I, than usual? <laughs> well uh, yeah i mean whatever it's like it's they, they tried to play on something but like shutter buggery is a bizarre <laughs> title for an episode two yeah, so it's true i it's like it. i don't even know what the pun is in that one but i like it because it's fun to say shutter buggery shutter buggery, shutter I don't buggery. Know. it's just funny because like the titles of this show are not 
generally not inspired at all. They're very normal episode titles of TV, yeah. like pretty much. So and then it's for this one, they're just like, we have to have a clever name. We got to do it. And it's like, that's what you came up with, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and of right. all the episodes that they don't need a clever name for. Right. They right, could have literally just, just called this Silver Sable. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know? Whatever. It, none of this matters. It's just all funny. Um, yeah. Funny yeah. little tidbits. That's all I got. Other than that, I don't know anything about this episode because why would they talk <laughs> about the episodes on the episode commentary for this episode? Who knows? Why would they do that? Why would they do that? <laughs> if you want to watch along with us, it is currently available for digital purchase on Amazon Prime and on DVD. This episode we're talking about of Spider-Man, the new animated series, is episode 10 in the DVD order, or 8 in the airing order. Like we said, entitled Spider-Man Disabled. Uh, fun fact, IMDb incorrectly spells the episode as like Spider-Man D-I-S hyphen abled which makes the 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 the, the play on sable like even more broken because you don't even get sable's makes, name yeah the one part of the title <laughs> that is a reference to anything is removed it's so funny it's just like goddamn. this like the title of this episode was just cursed for some reason i yeah. don't understand anyway the synopsis for IMDb is Peter Parker is covering a press conference where the mayor of New York City and Tremaine, a visiting Euro dignitary, Euro hyphen dignitary. Is that like a thing? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> are addressing the public as they leave the event. Their limousine is shot with a dart bomb and Spider-Man comes to the rescue. The end. <laughs> yeah, I, sure. They pack a whole lot more in than that, but that's, that's the sure. gist. The original air date was August 8th, 2003. It was written by, like I said, Morgan Gundell and also Rick Suvali. Gundell, like I said, story editor. We talked about him in our episode 132. Suvali, we talked about him on our episode 133 for writing the Royal Scam episode. He was that dude that had like all those wild credits between like Thomas mm-hmm. the Tank Engine and like horror movies and like rom-coms. But yeah. The guy who another, does whatever the hell he wants. Basically. Pretty yeah. much. Jack of all trades. This episode was directed by Alan Caldwell. We talked about him as well on our episode 136 for directing Keeping Secrets. Yes, and obviously the main character introduced in this one is Silver Sable, or for some reason in this series, Silver Sablamovia, uh, which is a name. wild <laughs> uh, way to choose her civilian name. Um, <laughs> because she has been Sablamova before. Uh, yeah. But an extra vowel. Also, at least one of the places that I uh, was double checking spellings of, because again, I never really trust the subtitles. Although this is Sablamovia is on screen. Yeah. One place was just like, oh, yeah, we don't know her real name in this series. And I was like, yeah, you do. More definitively than like any other character. It's on screen on a computer. <laughs> anyway, uh, Silver Sablamovia is voiced, <laughs> by, voiced by Virginia Madsen. And she starred as Helen Lyle in the original Candyman film. Uh, and also uh, in Sideways, uh, she was Maya Randall. Uh, and she received a Best Supporting Actress Oscar nomination for that. So those are... Those are some big film things and sideways happened like right after this. So it's like funny to think that, you know, or, or I don't even know when it was in production. It could have been in production at the same time, but it's funny that she was like on this show and then goes on to be an Oscar nominated actress. um, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a pretty good get. (laughs) I feel like she was known even at this point, even before 
sideways. So for sure. That's interesting. Yeah. And around the time of the show, she would have just been doing a, a recurring role for about a dozen episodes on American Dreams, uh, which was like a network television show, I think, on NBC. And she had mm-hmm. voiced Dr. Sarah Corwin in the Brave and the Bold, uh, I almost said doubleheader, uh, two-parter <laughs> episode of Justice League. Um, she's also provided voices for Cleopatra and Scooby-Doo. Where's my mummy? Uh, Queen Hippolyta in the 2009 animated Wonder Woman movie and Commander Mm. Hera in Voltron Legendary Defender. So she's done all sorts of stuff, both, uh, both live action and voice work. Nice. And then we also get the mayor of New York, who I don't think is ever named, which isn't really that odd. He's voiced by Xander Berkeley. We've actually talked about him before in our episode 59 because he voiced Quentin Beck a.k.a. Mysterio, in The Spectacular Spider-Man. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We also have this Tremaine guy who I don't think speaks, which I didn't even realize until after because he's not credited anywhere. So if he does say anything, I'm assuming it's just somebody on the sort of regular cast. But I don't don't think he's credited as speaking. That's interesting. I didn't And I watched this twice and never picked up on that. I didn't either. So I don't know. He might he might say something or he might exclaim or grunt um, or something. Yeah, but it's probably just like Reno Romano grunting or something. You know what I mean? That's so funny. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that at all. Yeah, because <laughs> he's kind of like a big deal, but not that big a deal at the same time. Yeah, I mean the whole thing is like it's like a red herring. So I guess it is kind of smart to have him just sort of like he's a presence, but he's not really like a character that yeah. you're paying a lot of attention yeah. to until the very end. Right. I guess. So it makes, it makes sense. Yeah. Actually, it's kind of, I, I kind of get, I kind of get the thought process with that and it doesn't mm-hmm. hinder the episode because we didn't even notice it. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get into this one. This episode opens with a lot all at once. Uh, mm-hmm. like it establishes a lot of things in like a minute and a half. <laughs> So it starts at City Hall where Peter's taking photos and video as the mayor of New York announces an executive order turning over to the federal authorities any New York City prisoner deemed to be a threat to national security, which, by the way, has nothing to do with anything. I, I like, yeah, what? paid very close attention to what he was saying because he was saying it in a particular way. And I was like, right. okay, got it. Interesting. I can move on now. And then it has nothing to do with the rest of the episode because it has nothing to do with the next thing he says, which is introducing this European Union commissioner, Harlan Tremaine, who is just visiting. Like, he's just there. He has nothing to do with the proclamation, I don't think. (laughs) Do you think that their thought with doing this – I don't know if it really works. Do you think that their thought with doing this was to sort of throw in – like things for you to maybe notice to further think like, oh, that's going to be part of the conspiracy that the mayor is involved in. And that's why Silver Sable is trying to assassinate him just to like add to the red herringness of it. Like, do you I mean, think that it, that was intentionally added to that? It could be. But in that case, they really needed to have people react in a negative way to be like, that's mm-hmm. wrong. Don't do that. But you wouldn't people in 2003 right. wouldn't react negatively. People would be like that. super gung ho about this. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. those guys. You said the magic words, national security. Yeah. It probably was more like they, I think I'm honestly giving them too much credit. I think it was more no. just like, let's just make them say po- politics words in this speech. Yeah. I mean, they've <laughs> kind of done that before, right? They've, they've just yeah. said economics words before. So it could have just been that, but I yeah. mean, I would have liked that better. That would have been a good way to sort of uh, make him the object of ire 
mm-hmm. for at least some folks, or at least controversial within the universe. But yeah. ultimately, this this uh, Euro dignitary is visiting, um, and he's visiting New York before anywhere else in the U.S. So the mayor makes a joke about Tremaine visiting NYC before visiting the White House, even because the White House, the White House, the White House is his next stop, which mm-hmm. actually matters in a way that I was impressed by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've been calling this out in the past few episodes, but I did notice the uh, black shirt goatee guy is a uh, balding guy is in the uh, audience for this press conference. And you know what? So. Black shirt guy with soul patch and all of his hair is one of Silver Sable's cronies later on. <laughs> I love that we're like individually like looking at these guys. Like I don't I still we don't see each other's guy, guys. I'm not... <laughs> and I never noticed your guy either. Like do they do they even like do do they even simultaneously exist? Do they like they only what like they only exist when one of us is perceiving them? Are they really the same guy and we're just perceiving them fully differently or we're watching two different cuts of this show where they swap out one Maybe. character model for another? Maybe. It's possible. It's There's possible. no way to know. We're never going to go back and watch this it's ever again. So. Yeah. <laughs> impossible to know. <laughs> but now I can't unsee my guy. And it sounds like you also can't unsee your guy. Yeah. So uh-huh. in either, I've seen either another... case, they're there constantly. Yeah. I've definitely seen him other episodes. I just kept forgetting yep. to call him out or make Same. a note of it. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Well, Silver Sable, who who we learn we learn her name pretty quickly, so we're just going to call her Silver Sable from the jump. Watches uh, this whole proceeding from a nearby construction site uh, through a sniper rifle scope, and when her crony asks why he's still standing, she basically says like, "Well, they didn't they didn't like I think she says circle the way I thought they would or something, and so we have to go with Plan B." Basically, what they're saying is she was going to shoot him right then and there, and things changed, so she couldn't. They've got to pull an audible. So uh, this guy drives off and she shoots a timed explosive or a dart bomb as the IMDB uh, description called it at the limo that Tremaine and the mayor get into at the end of the event. So as the two men depart, Peter continues recording the area passing uh, by the spot where Silver Sable was hiding. That's going to be important for later. Uh, And as the limo drives away, Peter's spider sense detects the explosive I think this is what you're referring what to I was at the referencing. top of the episode. <laughs> he literally, it flashes like to like a Jessica Drew style yep. vision of the bomb on the car, which has never happened. In, no. The, the closest thing that has happened in the show to that is when his spider sense just gave him a memory of yeah. Flash's, uh, Flash's wound in the Flash memory yeah. episode. But at least in that one, it was like his spider sense helped him remember something, which is still silly, but like it, well, it like, makes more sense. With this, he literally has a psychic vision of yeah. a bomb. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And I don't fully know how to interpret it. I don't know exactly what they were intending. If it was just meant to like show us that that's what he was detecting. But I don't know how he would gather that there was a bomb on the car. Yeah. Uh, it just detected danger. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't and like, I, I wouldn't mind that. It's just funny that the show's literally never right. done this until yeah, yeah, just yeah. now. And it's so specific <laughs> and it only does it this one yeah. time. And it is a thing where it's sort of like, you can't even really interpret it as just like a stylized version of him generally sensing danger because he knows there is explicitly a bomb on the right. car. Like yeah. he got the, his spider sense gave him that very specific information, which it's never given him specific right. information like that before. Yeah. And I, you know, doing this, I think I've said this before, doing this podcast, like, I no longer care how Spider-Sense is supposed to work or does work. Because it doesn't work anyway. It never works anyway. anyway. I would prefer that it works one way for each iteration, but whatever. Who cares? I just love the way that Neil Patrick Harris delivers the line, holy crap! (laughs) (laughs) 
so funny. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me so much. Yeah. But yeah, since he knows explicitly that there's a bomb in this limo, he uh, suits up and swings after him. Uh, he reaches a limo right as crossing a bridge, but he's uh, unable to remove the explosive. So he kind of has to to convince all the men in the in the limo to get out drive it off the bridge himself, like drive it through the wall, like built, make a, a hole in the wall, driving through it into the water uh, and then like flip right out as it explodes without it hurting anyone. You know, not that I'm on the side of villains who are blowing up limousines or anything, but the reason Spider-Man can't deactivate or remove the bomb is because upon touching it, the counter skips 30 seconds. Mm. Why isn't this a thing that more people do <laughs> it's very smart right silver very sable's kind of kind of on top of it <laughs> she's very she honestly is very good at her job in this oh, episode yeah. i i think is is one thing i think they write her very competently it really is because spider-man is also very good at spider-manning is the only reason that she fails yeah. i actually i think a lot of this episode honestly is like feeling like it's taking from the shikata episode and doing it like ten thousand yeah. times better yeah i would agree with that I think so, yeah. for sure. I think she makes a lot more sense. I think their interactions make a lot more sense. I think their interplay makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Uh, and they have a lot of similar players. Mm-hmm. Well, afterward, Spider-Man returns to City Hall to retrieve his camera. I love the idea that, like, Peter has had, like, a video camera that he was filming stuff with, and he also had a webbed-up, like, camera, like, photo camera, it seems like. Is that is that what i'm getting at um i don't from it i i don't know i don't know if that's exactly what happened but it's it's certainly possible because at this point in the show or maybe by next week's episode we've seen him use multiple different devices so it's, yeah. he could be doing that i just assume that he like webbed it up when he flipped off but i think it could go either way either way uh he gets his camera gives the nearby uh construction site a sp- suspicious glance and proceeds to Empire One to check in with Indy. Yay. Yeah. I like how much Indy is in this episode. I think that's one reason why I like it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she uh, praises Peter for his instincts because he was the only one who was able to get footage of Spidey at City Hall. Because, you know, he's Peter Parker. He knows where to find Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, talks about how they'll get to the top together. It's like talking about how they're going to like have their own news show <laughs> and everything like that. It's so cute. Yeah. It's so cute. But Indy, don't 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 partner up with him in in this because he would be a very bad business partner. I think. I agree. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so uh, he at first like attempts to ask her out, but like she's still like doing all business talk, and then has to be like, "Wait, were you about to ask me out?" And he's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Cool, okay, well, let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why she's perfect for him. Yeah, she can she, like, like she, she understands him and speaks directly with him. Yeah, she can read him very easily. I love that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, they're they're gonna go out, and uh, Peter's footage is uh, is is actually gonna be on the news. So that's good for him. Yeah, <laughs> it's on the news as they're talking. Like I think they're not like re- I, at first. I thought they were like reviewing footage, but I think they're just like at Empire One, like watching the newscast together because they cut from this scene of her being like, "Oh, here's the here's the thing." I love how the shot moves, and then it cuts. They do one of their cool cuts. What do they call it? The martini shot or something? The martini shot, yeah. Yeah. They do a cool cut from like the screen they're looking at to a screen that Silver Sable is watching. Uh yeah. like the exact same clip of. So Silver Sable's watching this at her place, which is just like a big room, empty room with a desk. Uh-huh. Um, which I I don't know why I love that so much. Harry had one of those too. Just a big empty room with a desk in it. 
Yeah, because, you know, you don't have to pay for extra <laughs> uh, uh, furniture yeah. uh, uh, pieces in your computer. I worded that so badly. You don't have to pay for extra furniture pieces in your computer. You don't have to build more assets. I That's think is the what word. You were As- to say. Assets was the word I was looking I kept wanting to say artifacts, and that wasn't the right word, obviously. Um, no, that's what CGI. That's what CGI people do, right? They build. Uh-huh. They pay for furniture in their computer. Yeah, they, uh, well, that's what they do. Yeah, because there are little there are little CGI people who build the furniture in virtual space, <laughs> and then we've we've established an economy, you know, with them where we have to you know buy all those pieces. Me talk good. That yeah. might be listen podcast. to falling with style. We get into all of that stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. um anyway she's she's watching the same footage and she points out to sort of her like main crony uh peter's reflection in the limousine he's like what i don't see anything and she's like this kid right here like this kid pointed his camera directly at me and the only reason we're not seeing it is because the editors cut it off like the, like they cut the footage before he pulls his camera up to where i was and lucky for her this newscast credits Peter's work. And so they thank Peter Parker for his incredible footage. Um, And she's like, great, we need that. We need that guy. And basically says, Hey, you crony, get that guy. And he's like, Oh, I don't know if that'll work. And she's like, did you question me? Now we must fight. I don't know. It's very weird. Um, He basically just doesn't believe that her plan will work. So she's like, you must fight me. And then she fights him and wins and says, now go find Peter Parker. And he's like, okay. It's it's purely just there to show us how capable she is and how good of a fighter she is. What what are her weapons? The little like stick things I don't that know. come out of her wrists? They're, they're like they're cool, but they're weird. They're they're like there are a couple things. They're like size, but without the the other two prongs. Mm-hmm. And they're also kind of like whatever those sticks are that Black Widow sometimes seems to fight with. Like I don't know oh, what yeah. they are. Like <laughs> they just called. look like because they don't look they don't look like they're always sharp. Like they explicitly have like a no. little ball at the end. Yeah, it's, so I have it's no explicitly idea. to hit people, not to stab people. Yeah, which is interesting to me. Yeah, I don't know what they are. I, I honestly have no idea. I like that they retract in and out of her wrists. Like I think that that's actually a really neat design. I think it's so fucking cool. Anytime, any, I'm, a, I'm such a sucker for this. You could do it in every single property and never get tired of it. Anytime somebody like whips out like a knife or some sort of weapon from inside their sleeve or like a wrist compartment or something like that coolest fucking thing yeah coolest fucking thing i don't know why but it's cool (laughs) (laughs) so at wang's drip den the next day mj walks up just as peter is telling harry that he has plans with indy by the way harry refers to peter as double p in this he's like hey double p it's friday it's like what you know i don't know why that's so off-putting to me oh i think it's like kind (laughs) of i i don't think it's a bad name i'm surprised i've never heard it before I don't know why I don't like it. I, just, it sounds, I think maybe because I've never heard it. it before that it just caught me off guard and it's like double P. It's not what? as good as like double D from like uh, Ed, Ed and Eddie, which I think is a yeah. fantastic nickname. Double D. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I like it because it has a similar, similar cadence to it, but it's not quite maybe. as good. Right. Cause it's not, doesn't have all the same alliteration. I don't know. But yeah, Harry and double P are talking about uh, <laughs> double P's plans with Indy. And, and, you know, of course, there it, it gets a little bit awkward for a second because it's sort of like, oh, should we talk, we talk about this in front of Mary Jane, the girl whose entire personality is just fully surrounds how much she likes Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, but MJ is like, no, nah, it's fine, dude. I'm not bothered by you dating Indy. I know that that's exactly what's going on. It's not a big deal. And, and it's even like, I see it on your face and spells out her name over his face. 
which is weird. <laughs> yeah, she's, but, she's being weird, but at the same time, I was like so relieved. I was like, oh, yes, thank God. Oh, I do. Yeah, I like that it's like not a, like, I actually appreciate that this episode kind of tries to deal with. You can't control when you're feeling jealous, but you can recognize it and try to to not do it, right? Yeah. So, like, so MJ is actually kind of, like, imperfect in this episode, but, like, actively trying to, like, be a good person. And it's just sort of, like, I might feel jealous, but I'm going to try not to be because I have no right to be. There's no but reason to be. I think they do it even better than just that general idea because at this point in the episode, you don't even know that she's, like, jealous of Indy. You just – she's she's being – She's being the cool MJ we frequently talk about, right? Where it's like, you know yeah. what? It didn't work out with us. You're a person. She's a person. Do your sure. thing. It's fine. I'm not bothered. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they sort yeah. of unfold the fact that there's more yeah. going on with her that she didn't even fully recognize. You know, I think it's yeah. really, it's really good. Yeah, I, I I like it too. I I do think it's funny that Harry's like, well, I broke up with you and uh, too, and you never spell stuff on my face. Shut up, Harry. Yeah, shut uh, up. Which. Which also, this is, I know this, like, isn't a thing that matters. We've already come to terms that, like, it's it's sort of connections with the Raimi movies are very tenuous. But I do think it's interesting that Harry explicitly says that he broke up with Mary Jane mm-hmm. when in that movie, Mary Jane very explicitly breaks up with Harry. So I, I find that kind of interesting that they just, like, did that. You know um, what, though? I feel like it almost, I, this probably wasn't their intention, but it almost fits this Harry's personality to be like, no, oh, I broke up with you. That's a good point. Yeah. It actually does kind <laughs> you of You know what? For I have him. a question for you. Uh-huh. Would you would you rather have like a whiny wiener Harry uh, uh or would you rather have this sort of like weird chauvinist ball and chain joke Harry? Like if you had to have one. I would rather have this one if he was written a little bit better, but in terms of archetypes, I think that actually this one works as a foil to Peter. I think the 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 caveat would be that Whatever, however he's presented, I think he generally would need to be presented as like in the wrong, but sometimes maybe says things that are like correct by accident. Like, I think that when this show writes him well, where it's like he says some like shitty chauvinistic stuff to try to like make Peter more of a man. And it's like, well, you were wrong, but I kind of, but you know, maybe you're saying something that's actually getting through to me. Like, I think that that can work. Um, because when it's like Wiener, Harry, like I, he doesn't add anything. I feel like <laughs> he's not helping any situation, even by right. Accident. He's literally just annoying to everyone, and I don't understand why Peter's <laughs> friends with him. In this case, I can at least sort of understand why Harry and Peter are friends because it is sort of like Harry almost like tries to take care of Peter in yeah. some ways yeah. as like a big brother figure, even if his advice is often really. It's bad. a little bit flash at times. Yeah, a yes, little bit. Yeah, like social yeah, status. Sure. Flash or, or well, Flash has social status. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's a different brand of that, but it's still a little bit mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Like looking out yeah. for his little, little scrawny friend. Right. Yeah. I think that that works well. I, I often, it's often not done well in this show, but right. when it is, I think it's really interesting and I think it's a fun dynamic mm-hmm. to have between the two. Yeah. I think I'm convinced. Not that I had a, not that I had an answer to that myself, but I think I am convinced. It's just interesting because like, I think Harry is more frequently presented as kind of a wiener. Mm -hmm. uh, And this is like the exception. And I actually think I kind of dig this direction. Surprisingly. Yeah, Yeah, I do too. I do too. I wish it was a little better, but I, I, because I don't like 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 him, but I think it's because of the execution, not because of the concept. Right. 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 Especially because like, I, 
I feel like you could go deeper into like a lot of his like negative qualities and like chauvinism and and stuff stemming from his like deep seated, like self-loathing and like relationship with his dad that Mm -hmm. fucked him up. And I think that stuff could be really interesting. And I think this show tries to do that. Um, It just often kind of mishandles it or kind of forgets where those connections are and just makes them like an annoying asshole. I mean, sometimes. it kind of, it, it, it sort of comes from a similar place. It's like two branches off of the same tree, right? Like mm-hmm. you have this overbearing father who you can never fully impress. This Harry is sort of like the version who came out impressive and mm-hmm. still resents Norman for it. Whereas a lot of Harry's are ne- like never get any sort of praise and are never seen as like successful in, <laughs> in that light. And so mm-hmm. they just end up resentful and a wiener. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, this is a little bit more complex. Yeah. You look at him and you're like, yeah. you should be happy. Like you, you're you're like you're like hot and strong and like you have social status and you're rich, you know? People yeah. f- like you 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 like girls are into you, which for mm-hmm. a lot of Harry's is not necessarily the case. Good God. So yeah. it's I think I think it is a little it is more interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, the the whole point of this whole scene is to very firmly establish that like Peter wants to date Indy. Mary Jane's like, I'm cool with it, bro. We're all pals. It's fine. In fact, why don't we all hang together as pals? You and Indy and me and Harry. Totally fine. We're all friends. Everything's cool. Nothing awkward here. And I mean, I just, yeah, at this point in the episode, I think you believe it. It's yeah. like, all right, cool. It's a, finally, sure. this Mary Jane isn't fucking annoying. Well, I love it. And it helps Absolutely. that in this scene, this is one of the only times that they remind you that that Mary Jane and Harry were ever an item. And I think it works yeah. to the benefit, right? Because it's like, well, obviously she can still hang out with Harry, so why shouldn't she be able to hang out with Peter and, and yeah, his and- current girlfriend you know and it's even and it's like not, and it shouldn't even be as big of a deal with peter because as she says like they never even really yep. got together yep. anyway so it's not like it's an awkward ex situation it's just a friend thing that never happened so why should there be any awkwardness yeah. and like intellectually all that makes sense but you know you can't really control what your feelings <laughs> are which i appreciate this episode kind of yeah. uh, uh, lays out yeah explicitly sure. <laughs> yeah well, that evening, the mayor talks to his assistant, Jane, about a gala that they're hosting, and he insists it needs to be stocked with celebrities. And he specifically says movie stars, rappers, and reporters in that order, uh, because Mr. Tremaine will be there, and they need to throw a better party than the president will throw at the White House. <laughs> so, okay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> movie stars, rappers, and reporters. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, boy. Meanwhile, in his bedroom, Peter's spider sense alerts him to Silver Sable and two men in his and Harry's apartment. I love this. I love this, too. What I what I really love, though, I, I think this, this whole sequence is really cool, and I love how this whole episode dovetails, like, Spider-Man and Peter's lives together. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that shit's – love when that shit – I love when any Spider-Man thing does it, um, and I think this, this episode handles that stuff extremely well. Yeah. What I think is very funny is that this group of people are, like, sneaking in, like, very ninja-like, but fire guns constantly. <laughs> they shoot a shotgun to turn off the light. Yeah. Then, like, Sable, like, shoots – Gut, like shoots her gut into the ceiling and it's like that kind of defeats the purpose of the sneaking like yeah. anyone nearby is going to hear the shotgun that you shot into the ceiling to blow out the bulb like <laughs> I mean, even if you aren't sneaking why is that the way you turned the lights out <laughs> 
Why so are you firing funny. multiple shots into the ceiling? Like, what it's are you so doing? Because <laughs> they could have slipped. Like, if Peter wasn't there, because they established that the tape isn't here in the scene, yeah. we'll talk through it. But if Peter wasn't there and they just went in, looked for the tape, couldn't find it, and left, no one would have ever known they were there. Except for the fact that they shot the fuck out of the place for right. some reason. There is so, no like, evidence that someone was there shooting guns. <laughs> like, why did she? Why? It's like the one it. thing she does like egregiously wrong. Right, right. It's so funny. <laughs> and, like, and it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't even really come back to bite her because she like Peter was there at any Spider Man. So like, there's nothing she couldn't have predicted that. You know, um, well, it only bites but, her in the fact that she also uses extremely specific uh, ammo. <laughs> oh, that's right. The bullet thing. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only reason the shooting is in the scene is so Peter yeah. can have like the gun can to connect to her, her to look her up later, yeah. to find her later. That's the only reason they put all the shooting in there. <laughs> but like God, the clunkiest way to give Peter evidence yeah. of who she is. Like yeah. <laughs> okay. It's totally guys. unnecessary. Like you could, there are so many ways you could have Spider-Man find Sir, the silver sable. I can talk. Um and they chose this. <laughs> he just shoots the apartment up for no reason. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, it's just so funny. But yeah, so Sable and a couple of dudes are are searching for the tape in Peter's apartment. Uh, he's Spider Man, so he he does some cool stuff where he like is like uh, on the back of his door when they open it, yeah. uh, like stuck to the back of his door. I love that. And then they close it, and he's gone because he's obviously like jumped to the roof or whatever. But he's sort of like following around and watching. They don't find anything. They leave empty handed, uh, but not before. Like we reference, Sable kind of like feels like she's being watched by something on the ceiling, shoots three shots into the <laughs> ceiling, uh, but doesn't hit anything because Peter has a spider sense. So he was able to get out of the way. But he uh, he suits up and follows the trio's van. But when he lands on their roof, they actually have like this electrical setup on the van I guess knowing Spider-Man is a thing. So when he lands on there, the whole van just like electrocutes him mm-hmm. and he like falls off and gets hit by a taxi. Oh my gosh. Okay. Here's okay. This is wild. There's so many things that are wild about this one. Yeah. Before we get into even the wildness, I love that because they've established their lighting for this show being what it is. They don't even have to change the lighting of the apartment for Peter to do all the things he does. And yeah. because they've established that he's completely silent when he does acrobatics and wall- climbs walls, they don't have to do anything with that either. Like everything works perfectly just based on the the artistic choices they've already made. It's amazing. But then when he they electrocute him and he gets hit by a car, his suit is shredded. So, like it yeah. is it is near tatters on his body. Like it's, it's enough to stay on his body, but like it almost shouldn't. (laughs) Here's what's funny is that I think that they're so like another Shikata connection. The, I think the model that they use when she cuts him up with her sword a bunch is the same one. That would make sense. uh, Cause isn't he bleeding when his, (laughs) in this episode, when his, uh, his suit is shredded. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of extreme that it's just like, oh, what a sword does to a suit is also what happens when he gets electrocuted by a van. He doesn't even get doesn't even get that torn up when Electro electrocutes him. Like, no, and he's like <laughs> so full body electrocuted by Electro. Yeah, it's such a weird choice to have like this be the the time when they deploy the battle damage Spidey character model, <laughs> <laughs> especially since yeah they have it on deck, you know. Right, yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Maybe they only wanted to buy that model a couple times, you know? <laughs> yeah, like how they buy furniture <laughs> exactly. for their rooms. Mm-hmm. 
Well, later, Peter recounts this story, albeit a modified version, of course, uh, to Indy, MJ, and Harry, and he kind of just sells it as like a burglary. And and he really only knows it as a burglary for the most part. He doesn't really know the details of it quite yet. Um, mm-hmm. His modification is obviously just that like, he walked in on a burglary, um, and yeah. when he did, they left, um, which, I mean, works well enough. Mm-hmm. This is like their hangout sesh too. So like this is him going to like the bar they agreed to meet up at and like just hang out. So after he tells the story, they just like continue to hang out. And Indy and MJ actually bond over what turns out to be a mutual appreciation for both journalism and theater, which actually mm-hmm. is cool. I do you you probably know this better than I would. Mm-hmm. Um when does MJ get into journalism? Is it only it's it has to be before uh, the games, right? They didn't establish that, did they? No, ultimate ultimate Spider-Man. Okay, that makes sense. Did that. So that's what they're that's what they're playing okay, on perfect. with this, which I think is a fun reference given this show's history with almost being yeah. the ultimate Spider-Man. Well, and show. it works so perfectly for I mean, it pays off in this one little scene, right? But it, but just the relationship between MJ and Indy makes so much sense because of the fact that she is into journalism and decided to do theater instead. And then it turns mm-hmm. out Indy minored in theater. So they're like getting along. What's mm-hmm. not as cool is Peter is threatened basically by the fact that they're getting along, which is not a good look. Hate um, it. And then Harry is a super weirdo and is like, wow, if Peter, uh, you know, plays his cards, right. He could, he could have a threesome basically is what he alludes to. It's all like internal monologue from them, with this, which the show never, never does. Does it's so strange. It's weird. It, it what that tells me is they really wanted to get that threesome illusion in there, and that's oh. how they pulled it off. Which is weird because Harry d- needs no excuse to be a pig. He's been a pig yeah. openly on this show. Just have him say it, and everybody be like, "Shut up, Harry." You know. On, on, <laughs> on that note of like dudes being gross. Can I have a quick little segue into um, horny creator commentary alert? Oh, please. As I do the scene. So, my favorite segment. You, you <laughs> probably. Weird horny so, creators. It, which is funny because there's so many ties from this episode to the sort of Shikata episode. And I think the last time the creators were like weirdly horny on their commentary was in the Shikata commentary that I brought up that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny that it's coming up again. So there's this really super quick beat. You probably didn't even notice it because I, I only noticed it because they call it out. There's a super quick beat at the very beginning of the scene while people are talking. A waitress passes by and they have Harry like watch her butt as it goes by. Like you can sort of see him like turn and like gaze, gaze down at her butt while she walks by. Oh yeah. I was not paying attention to Harry. Yeah, (laughs) It's like for a half a second, right? Well, like the girls are talking and being awesome. So like, why would you mention it? Right. But they're on the commentary they're having. It's like, so I forget all of their names, but it's like, uh, a director, an animator, Audu Padden, Padden, who are three dudes, and then also Barbara Zelinsky, who's like a producer. I think she was like a producer of like over the overseeing like CG or mainframe or something like that. So it's three guys and a woman on the commentary, and they're all talking. I, I don't remember what they're talking about. But they're talking about general, like interesting, in-depth animation stuff, the process of technically animating stuff. And in the middle, they just stop talking and say, "Oh yeah," and there's Harry looking at, at the waitress's bum, and then other guys like, "Yeah, nice shot, nice," and then. The other guy tries to like start getting back on the subject of animation that he was talking about, but he sort of starts stumbling. He's just like, yeah. And, um, and, uh, and, and then the other guy says, huh, did you lose your train of thought by looking at the bum? And they all kind of laugh, um, for a second and then move on. Barbara Zelinsky, the only woman on the commentary, totally silent through all of this oh. and doesn't say anything for a very long time. Can't imagine why. <laughs> 
it's so weird for this millisecond of a scene that like who the fuck would have ever noticed this but and they never talk about the episodes right. that they're watching of course. but of course that's the time when they catch what's happening on screen and talk about it is when Harry like looks at a waitress's butt for a half, half a second it's so weird it's so weird I will say like this episode there are notable moments and shots that are like look at Silver Sable's ass and I didn't note any of them because whatever superhero show is gonna superhero shows unfortunately Um, but it is notable in this episode they do it a number of times and I hate Derek I hate that this show that was created with so many horny dudes on staff being openly horny about these characters that they're making has made me say horny so many times on this podcast. I've said horny more times on like the last four episodes of the show than I've said on the other like 180 <laughs> episodes combined <laughs> of our podcast. It's so annoying. I feel like I'm just validating them and I hate it. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, just, calling it, just calling it like we see it, man. <laughs> uh, but yes, I did not notice that. So thank you so no. much for... For filling Why me in, <laughs> it's really the moment is nothing. It's so it's just the the fact that they right. talked so much about Why it. Why would you typically comment on that? You know what I mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the thing is, the thing is, it's not like the the waitress character model had like a very pronounced butt. It like no one like does how everyone does on the show, which is like barely anything. So what the fuck are you guys even like horny about right now? I don't understand. You know Whatever. You know what's frustrating about it is it could have just been a really normal character beat for Harry, who is an established kind of like open uh, womanizer. You know, it could have it could have just it weird. Right. They didn't have to make it weird. It could have just been like a nor- like Harry would look at a uh, waitress passing by like that, and that then yep. it could have just been that. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Theoretically, he should be doing it all the time, and no one should even, you know, it shouldn't even be a thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Weirdos. Weirdos. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, Indy and MJ are getting along great. Uh, Indy even invites MJ to visit Empire One. But I think while they're kind of talking, it's the Empire One thing kind of sparks a realization between Indy and Peter. Since Empire One only uses a fraction of what Peter shoots, there could be incriminating footage left on the cutting room floor, which could be what the burglars were after in Peter's apartment. Yeah, basically, Indy's like, oh, you got to come see Empire One. Everybody's already loving Peter's work and they barely use any of it. And that's sort of like where they're like, oh, shit, that's right. I love it. I love how they how they intersect like the, the Peter friend stuff, like friend subplot with the main plot of this episode, and the fact that all of the characters are kind of involved in the mystery. Yeah, totally. Like, I love it. It's so cool. It's like the kind of thing that I wish the show had been doing all along because I do feel like that is kind of your like teen and or college age show archetype in a lot of ways. Whether it's a superhero show or not, is that like the whole friend group kind of gets involved with like investigating the mysteries like more so than just like how spider-man comics are where it's spider-man stuff and soap opera stuff kind of separate like i feel like this kind of feels more in line with the sort of demographic and genre that they're aiming for specifically and like i I think when they do it like in this episode it works really well because everybody feels kind of vital and important to the story that they're telling well honestly it it makes a lot of sense that indy is the catalyst for that because every conversation peter and indy has is some sort of combination of two things right there's always some sort of like overlapping 
pieces of conversation the two of them are happening like having that that converge things so like putting her in the scene with everybody else Mm -hmm. uh i think just naturally does that and i I, i'm with you i wish that they had done this from the from the jump yeah no you're right it is really smart because you know if if indy had just been gwen stacy another girl at college that peter is courting like you wouldn't sort of have you wouldn't sort of have that opening to like intersect with Spider-Man stories all the time without kind of forcing her forcing any, any of them to be like damsel in distress all the time. Mm -hmm. And with like Indy, because of her role as a reporter, it's sort of like you have your direct link to every action story that is happening and a reason for her to be involved. And so in a case like this, where she and everyone else does get kidnapped, but it's because she was actively involved in the story already. So like, it doesn't feel as weird. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm into it. I, 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 I wish this was the show. You know. Uh huh. Yeah. Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular enough patrons: Bo, Eric, Carl, Katie, Mike, and Lillian. If you would like to support our show too, our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool Spidey goodies. You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything, and we mean everything. If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries, or our movie commentaries, where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film, from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more. And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us word snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. So uh, back at the apartment, Peter, Indy, and MJ start sifting through Peter's additional footage of the City Hall event. And when they find footage of Silver Sable, Peter identifies her as one of the three burglars. And this is really where it becomes like very clear that that's why they were there, right? It's like, well, if mm-hmm. she was here and she was there, clearly they recognize what we just recognized. <laughs> so right. Indy searches for a match for this person on an Empire One criminal database. And shockingly, <laughs> they successfully ID her as Silver Sablinovia, an Eastern European assassin for hire who only kills other criminals and is mm-hmm. number three on Interpol's most wanted list, which is a really cool detail to throw in there pretty yeah. casually but to they it's casual but they spotlight it right like they're just reading information about her but it's a thing that peter says like oh interesting she only kills other criminals and they don't really do anything with that but if you if if you're if you're the type of person who watches a mystery and tries to figure it out while you're watching it that's exactly mm-hmm. the kind of thing you're supposed to latch on to so it's very yes. very good detail for them to throw in there i like it yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like how this whole mystery unfolds, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really well done. Yeah, I think it's really, really clever. This is also where we get the first sort of um, hints that there is that MJ might not be super cool with everything that's going on between Peter and Indy because Peter and Indy are, I mean, they're they're in their excited state. I think at one point in the bar when they start going, 
they start like getting really excited and like not finishing sentences because they're both on the same page. I think Harry even at one point says like, hello, non Vulcans present, please speak English. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, so it's clear that they, they're, they're like vibing in this moment. And so this is the first time NJ is really confronted with something that like is their thing. Uh, together like it's an exclusively peter and indy thing and so mj continues like as they're doing their thing mj sort of just like looks at them funny or looks at them like wait a second like there's something going on here harry even comments uh like makes a makes a a dirty joke at something peter says uh when peter says that indy has the fat or like the best fingers or fastest fingers or something uh in Mm -hmm. the game and uh, that, you know, gets a reaction from MJ as well. So this is our first clue that MJ's maybe maybe still into Peter. Yep, yep, yep. So ultimately, this scene ends with Indy calling the Empire One newsroom and Peter beginning to think more about this bullet that he found in the ceiling. Yes, which wouldn't have been there if Silver Sable hadn't just shot up the ceiling. But, you know, it uh-huh. helps Peter, I guess. Um, so having told the group he, uh, he needs to check on some lab results at ESU as an excuse, he skedaddles to suit up as Spidey and find Silver Sable, <laughs> I love this so much, in an alley next to a store <laughs> simply called Gun. I love it so much. It's it's just it's just a neon sign <laughs> with like a revolver gun and it just says in big letters G-U-N, Gun. gun. <laughs> Look, you know what? Yep. The branding's on point. I know what yeah. they sell. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, where do you work? I work on that store right down on uh, the corner there. Gun. I don't know why any <laughs> New Yorker would sound like that, but it feels right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gun. Um, yeah. Gun. Gun. <laughs> you really dig into it, you know? Gun. <laughs> it's just so funny. So good. They do have a brief fight. I I hate this, but Spidey gets like a gets like a dig and like how you know Silver Sable like gets like illegal guns or a, a highly illegal bullets sold at gun, mm-hmm. and he refers to the Winota Rider discount that she's using. Yeah, it reminded me hate. that that used to be a joke that people just like made all the time. Mm-hmm. Like Winota <laughs> Rider, she stole stuff. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm not a no- like. Isn't that funny to make fun of her? For and that now in the year 2022, it's like I will throw down with you if you make a joke about Woodrow or Hyde. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. She could she could steal whatever the hell she wants. Right. If she robbed me blind, I'd be like, thank cool, you. Good, thank you. I, pre- I, I didn't need it. any of that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this was definitely during the time when um, she hadn't been uh, reclaimed in the eyes of, of pop culture, yeah. unfortunately, for, yeah. for all of us. <laughs> Um, yeah, I had a very strong reaction to that too. I was like, how dare you? I was really, really upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Spider-Man, you're the villain. Hope Sable just stabs you with her weird little stick ball mm-hmm. things. But yeah, they, they have like a really brief fight. Uh, Sable asks how Spidey found her. And like I said, he kind of refers to the bullets that are sold at gun, gun. Uh, which are highly illegal. And uh, when he asked her why she's going after the mayor, when she typically just targets criminals, she's like, hmm, things aren't always as they seem. Can I ask you a question at this point? Yeah. Why can't she just tell him? I, I, I had the same question. I, I think there could I mean, be a reason and I just haven't landed on it. No, I guess it is just like classified information, I think. Because she is, is hired, right? She does. Right. She's hired to do this. She might have been hired by the American government, honestly. She says this. at points like, do your country a favor and stay right. out of this or, or do your fa- like country a favor and let me do my thing or whatever it is. 
And she does seem like someone who does play by the rules that she's been given. Obviously, like the parameters are different because she's happy to kill whoever the fuck she wants. But if she's like given rules, like I think that well, it's like I, I will kill, for, you know, I will kill for this country. She says so I think her rules are any means necessary. So like she's been right. given permission, like she has the whatever the James right. Bond license to kill thing is, you know. Right. So I, I think by that logic, if she's been told this is classified information, then it's sort of like, well, I shouldn't tell Spider-Man. And the only reason that she does later in the episode is because it's like a last ditch effort, yeah. end of a rope kind of situation. And if she's a rule follower, he, by the rules, is uh, not licensed to do what he does. So sure that's that's a good point yeah she's she's really just kind of getting in her way i mean it would have been in her best interest to explain because then they could have just had a classic team up honestly i think spider-man would have been like all right we'll get him together he still would have tried to stop her from killing him of course but like they could have at least like worked together worked something out probably but she does make a a major mistake by not explaining to him until the last second i mean Uh, would this spider-man stop her from killing people (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, no, he does though. It, it, that's that's their whole that's that's their whole conflict by the end of the episode. I know. That's the only reason that he's trying to stop her once she does explain. He's everything. just probably killed as many people as she has. I mean, he has, but <laughs> I guess like most of the people that, to be fair, he he has. He's a very murderous Spider-Man, but a lot of it is sort of like kind of by accident or in defense. I mean, the Shikata thing is a weird situation, but most of the time it's usually like kind of not necessarily his intention to sure, murder. Sure. And with her, she is set out. She is like her first her, act she's in this episode. She's trying to that, kill people and he carelessly right. takes care of situations right. that end up having people dead. Like, her, and I then think is at peace I think with it's <laughs> important that her very first act in this episode is to put a bomb on the car that her target is in along with the man the mayor and the limo driver with as what far yeah. as we could tell no intent to like save them before the bomb went right. off she fully intended to take the mayor and the limo driver right along with her target yeah. like i think that that's an important piece that like oh she it isn't just that like people get in her way and she kills them it's that like well if i have to have some casualties who cares yeah. like no i you know. know i know he would try to stop her for the sake of like an actual story they're trying to tell just taking a dig at this show for killing so many villains. <laughs> yeah. It, it is harder to have. I think this conflict would have worked better if Spider-Man hadn't had, if there weren't so many deaths it's, at the hand of Spider-Man up at this point. Honestly, then it, 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 it has a lot to do with just his attitude about villains being killed or dying. Yeah. He never feels very bad no, about it he's at all. Largely unaffected by it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's plenty of Spider-Man, things where the villain dies like kind I mean, of accidentally in his hands and he feels bad about it's it like you know kind of the whole thing with the relationship between the old spider-man movies and the current spider-man movies if you know you know yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um yeah but but in all of those cases it's always like some sort of like a deep regret or right. sorrow about it after that happens, you know, yeah. in this case, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to make case. a quip. I'm going to make a quip at the expense of the lizard who was my mentor and professor. <laughs> I was going to say, in this case, Spider-Man's already forgotten Kurt Connor's name. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, oh yeah. What happened to that lizard guy? I guess yeah. he got ran over by a car. Oh, shit, he was like my know. teacher, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, wow. Huh? Yeah. I, I, I kind of like the substitute better. So it's fine. <laughs> But that does help. That actually, that that does help clarify my original question. Because I, it's not like I felt like 
something was wrong with the episode because she didn't tell him what was going on. I just couldn't quite materialize why it felt fine. And that does, that makes sense. Yeah. It, it does feel yeah. fine. And I think it is fine that she doesn't. Because mm-hmm. this is very much kind of like an espionage kind of episode, you know, and he's like interfering. I- and he, yeah, like this, this would be, yeah, like I could see this being like an episode of Alias or something like that. And like, this is just what if Spider-Man like interfered in this and makes everybody mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> the plucky teens are getting involved. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah. So threatened at gunpoint, uh, Spider-Man's like, all right, I guess I'm out of here then. Uh, just as Silver Sable's right-hand man arrives and reveals that Peter Parker slipped away with the tape, but he was able to get the other people that were at his apartment, which means he's taken Indy, MJ, and Harry hostage. That's a big trunk. <laughs> I thought it was a van. But when he shows up the first time, aren't they in a trunk? They oh, eventually they... end up in a van, for sure. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I think it is a trunk. Okay, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of trunk work in this episode, then, because uh-huh. Silver Sabre also hides out in a trunk later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. <laughs> Unless I'm just mixing up all the trunks. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, also, during the fight scene with Sable, this is, like, one of, like, two or three times that Spider-Man, like, punches somebody and then says, seriously, ow, <laughs> why is that a thing? Like, I don't know. It's really it's not funny and I feel like I've I heard it on other stuff around this time too. Like I don't think this is the only show where I've heard someone make that quip well, that isn't a quip. It's not it's not an inherently bad thing to do. In fact, it can communicate very specific information about like the dynamic between two people fighting. It just doesn't make sense in a lot of situations with Spider-Man because if you're going to have Spider-Man hurt by punching something that something or someone needs to be significantly stronger than Spider-Man, who's one of the like strongest heroes in the Marvel universe. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. you know, well, depending yeah. on the iteration, but like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, it, it mm-hmm. can be fine. Cause it tells you something, but why here? <laughs> yeah. Why twice in the show? <laughs> yeah. Anywho, at Empire yeah. One, Peter calls in an anonymous tip to the police warning of another attack on the mayor, which I think is very suspicious. Um, yeah, but he does do it. Uh, he learned from the Kingpin episode. Because he doesn't he do it from his own cell phone. Doesn't do it. Yeah, like both <laughs> times that he calls, he's calling from either a pay phone or like a, an office phone at yeah. Empire One. Yeah, so. actually, I mean, it, it, I did know like it makes sense for him to call from Empire One at the very least because then if they do trace it, they're like, oh, well, it's just somebody from the news. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. But uh, so so he he you know calls in this anonymous tip, and then he starts looking for Indy, but can't find mm-hmm. her, um, yeah. which is is strange. But he doesn't really dwell on it too much because you know she does her own thing. Yeah, can I break in with something yeah. real quick? Because um, I wanted to make sure I noted this because way 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 back, I think in Indy's first appearance weeks ago, I was like, I'm going to follow up on the etymology of Indy's full name oh, yeah, because yeah, I yeah. remember reading something, and then it never did. I totally he does forgot. call her Indira in this. Yeah, one. he because he asks like, Hey, do you know Indira Diamanji? Like, do you know where she is? And now I was like, oh my God, her full name. I never, I never looked into that further. So mm-hmm. I did this time. Um, Indira is a, is a Hindu name and Diamanji is Japanese. Okay. Is so she's Indira. likely Japanese so, and Indian. Yeah. Right. So, which I think, I mean, and I don't know how deeply they were thinking. They probably were just like pulling two names from Asia somewhere, like, yeah. and then throwing them together. I don't think they were thinking that deeply, but I it hope is they cool. thought about it a little bit more than that. Right. I, so. I, I just, I don't trust them on this show, uh, but, but, but the implication is that like, she's, she's like mixed ethnicity, which is kind of cool. I like that. Sure. 
Yeah. And again, a, a, they've added a main character to the show who isn't a villain, hopefully doesn't get killed by Spider-Man, <laughs> and is uh, yeah. not white, explicitly so. Right, you know? right. Yeah, she's she's definitely not white, at, at the very least, which is a plus for this show. I yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Just 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 wanted to finally circle back and close that loop. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> and I did notice that he specifically calls her by her full name in this in this scene. Um, mm-hmm. Which kind of makes sense. Also, kind of sad that everyone's just sort of like, eh, well, I don't know who, you know. <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Helps. <laughs> no one says who. It's not that bad, but yeah, yeah. no one helps him at yeah. all. Um, yeah. But again, I mean, he he has no reason to think anything's necessarily wrong. So he 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 does his own thing. He remembers Silver Sable's words about things not being as they seem. So he's like, okay, well, maybe I need to re-examine what's going on here. So he re-examines his own footage, and he sees. I guess Silver Sable makes two big mistakes. <laughs> Because he sees Silver Sable in his footage with a name tag that says Jay Perkins. So she just has her her, her sloppy. Yeah, her her fake identity just like with her when she's trying to kill somebody at City Hall. Sloppy Sable. Very sloppy. Very sloppy. <laughs> and then he looks this up and it turns out that Jay Perkins is the name of the mayor's assistant who we saw him talking to about the gala. Mm-hmm. But this is really important because he realizes that if she's been posing as the mayor's assistant, she, as skilled as she is, could have killed him whenever she wanted to, however she wanted to, and probably in a way that nobody would even question. So if she's capable of doing that and she hasn't done it, clearly the mayor is not her target. And so he's like, well, who else could it be? It's got to be Harlan Tremaine, this other guy who was there and featured and is important. So I do like that element of it. I wish that he yeah. had found out who she was a different way, but I like yeah. that he figures out who she's actually targeting because he learns that she's posing as the mayor's assistant. Yeah. I think it's funny too that like when she's in her Jane outfit, like she has this wig on and like, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if it's like the design. MJ of the implies the other one's a wig unless they're right, both. She wigs. does. No, I, 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 MJ does call the other one a wig, but I, I think that the Jane hair, looks like a wig to me her makeup I don't is know also if it's... bananas as jane I... yeah right it's really or is it is it the same makeup that she's silver sable and it's just when you have if it the... is it's just highlighted by the fact that her hair is dark and not like ice you know platinum blonde or whatever i think that that's what it is i think when you have the dark blue wig like the bright silver eyeshadow that she wears like stands out more and it looks ridiculous. Like it's very, like, I think, I think those two things combined, like in a funny way, makes it look like a costume. It looks like Um, a Panto costume. Like it looks like exaggerated, like old school makeup, like big, like like, garage door, blue eyeshadow like it's, it's huge yeah which huge. is funny because like i think it it works because she, yeah she is in she is in costume in person like undercover so like it ends up working in its favor because it like looks like a lady in a costume for a character who is literally a lady in a costume in a show that like only can do so much with its character models to make things look like things so it's really funny that it that it sort of worked out yeah yeah I, I, that's so interesting. I didn't even notice that her makeup doesn't necessarily change. I just noticed mm. her makeup only when she's Jane. Right. Because it so looks funny. wild. It looks <laughs> wild when she has just simply black hair instead. Yeah, it probably also it like, doesn't help that she has like black rim glasses on too, I think. So like just the oh, contrast in yeah. general is very different. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, no, I think it's definitely that the Jane thing is a wig and the silver sable hair is her real hair because later in the episode – 
her Jane outfit is on, but the silver sable hair is there, which I would think implies that she took yeah. the Jane wig oh, off. I don't that doubt that the Jane hair is a wig. That's 100% a wig. I just think it would be cool if she just, all her hair were wigs. That would be, that would be I mean, I guess, yeah, there's no reason that it couldn't be that, actually. Yeah. You know, but it, it's probably her real hair. Yeah. I think most iterations would have us believe that that is her real hair. Sure, sure. <laughs> But yeah, so he's he's on the right track. So he actually, Peter actually attempts to call the police again, like pretty much right back. But as he's doing that, he receives a call from Jane Perkins, interestingly enough, who pretty much reveals herself to be Silver Sable. Like she doesn't know that Peter Parker knows who she is, but she says, what does she say? Here's a hint to who's calling. I've already been in your apartment, which she doesn't need to share that. I don't know why she necessarily does other than intimidation, mm-hmm. I guess, which is fair. Yeah. But what she doesn't know is that this gives him all the information he needs. So he comes back at her and says, like, okay, great. So I know who you are then. You are Silver Sable, and I know what you're doing. You are trying to kill Tremaine. (laughs) So she's like, okay, hold on. That needs to stay a secret. Don't fucking tell anybody that. And if you do, I'll kill your friends because I've got your friends, buddy. Like, it just escalates incredibly fast. It really does. But naturally so. Like, all the pieces are on Mm -hmm. the board for this to happen the way that it does. And what I really like about it is she she says, like, do not tell anybody, do not tell the police. If I see the police and if anyone else but you shows up, I will kill your friends. And they get off the phone and he's like, I'm going to tell the police anyway. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of dig it. Like, not, not that gutsy, I expect them to be helpful in any way, but I just like the attitude that he has, you know? Yeah. Well, like, no, she you. You're not going to, you're not going to threaten me. <laughs> She doesn't know that he's Spider-Man, right. so he's just sort of like, I will take care of this. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to make this work. It's great. It's really good. Like you said, like the only reason she doesn't succeed in the way that she should is because he's doing so well with the information he has yeah. and kind of the team that he has. Um, yeah, Like yeah. she just doesn't really know what she's up against, you know? Right, right. What's with this show like not liking like 911 dispatchers because like both times that he calls 911 in this sequence the first time they make it a joke where he's like an anonymous tip and they're like okay name an address and he's like that wouldn't make it anonymous idiots <laughs> and then when he calls them again they're just like 911 please hold and it's just like awkward hold music for a long yeah. time and it's just like apparently 911 is like super incompetent in this universe. this show can't figure out if it fucking loves cops or hates cops <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> anyway so peter peter leaves by jumping off a building and then reappearing as spider-man he sure does he sure does (laughs) is this the episode where he also like you see him in his apartment and then he decides to suit up and he just like runs to a different room and then Mm -hmm. immediately it cuts to him like crawling out of the window as (laughs) spider-man yeah i i will say that's a thing that has been like sort of um I don't know, not memeified, but like remarked upon quite a bit about this show. Even though it doesn't, we, watching it now, it does, it doesn't do it as much as I thought it did. But people have remarked like, oh, this is the show where he basically just like transforms into Spider-Man the way I that they do it. I don't think it's that bad. No, it's, it's not, but yeah. it's sort of, and I, I, I think it's, it's a stylistic thing, obviously. Like he's yeah. not literally like teleporting or whatever. Like and it's again, just kind of. It would it would it would fit better if they honestly leaned into it more. Like That's if they what I was stylized it even more, like I've been saying they should since like the very mm-hmm. first episode. I th- 
Yeah, I think the reason that people that it stuck out stuck out to people and they made a joke out of it, even though it doesn't happen that often, is because it doesn't happen that often. Right. So when you're watching this and you see him jump off of a building and reappear as Spider Man, you're like, wait, what? What the fuck just happened? Which it's a stylistic flourish. I can get behind that. Yeah. But if it does it more than that, if it does it more often than that, you're kind of primed for it. And especially if it does it like part of a montage or with some cool music or whatever, like it makes it clear that it's more stylized. Mm-hmm. But as it stands, it's just sort of kind of like, wait, what? What? Why is he jumping off of a building? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Anyway, after hanging up the phone, Sable as Perkins attempts to assassinate Tremaine like herself with like a like a, a, a like a, it looks like it's a pen that has like a like a needle. It's like a pen ice pick. It's like a pen version of her weapon, kind of. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, weirdly enough. But the police intercept Tremaine before she reaches him, and then the police then attempt to identify Jane Perkins. But of course, she's Silver Sable. She's good at her job, so she's already disappeared from the scene as soon as she caught wind that they seem to be aware Mm -hmm. of uh, the assassination attempt. I really like that moment, too, because one of the police officers turns to a guy who's just been watching the whole thing. He's like, where's Jane Perkins? And he, like, still looking at the cop, like, points to where she should have been and then looks and is like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, he was right, and she's just gone. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. It's funny. Yeah, but she's disappeared because she is hiding in the trunk of the limousine that Tremaine and the mayor had been shuffled into. I like that. I wish they had... I don't know exactly how. I wish they had pulled it off a little bit differently, because the first time I watched it, it wasn't immediately clear to me that she had gotten into the trunk. Yeah. And I sort of, like, jumped back a second, because I thought I, like, missed a beat or something. I was like, where is she? Mm. But I like that that's where she is. So I wish they had nailed Mm. it just a little bit uh, more than they did with this. Yeah. Because it's so fucking cool, because, like, the the mayor and Tremaine are, like, getting into the limo, basically, while she would have been getting into the trunk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty slick. Pretty slick. She's good at her job, man. I mean, aside from the weird slip ups that she had with Peter, but other than that, she's good at her job. (laughs) Honestly, they're the kind of there. There are two kinds of slip ups that I'm more able to forgive when an episode is going really, really well. Kind of like other shows that we've covered, you know. Uh, Because one of them ended up being funny, like the just shooting the ceiling for no reason is like funny, um, and then actually ends up helping. And then the other one I can kind of chalk up to like, well, she doesn't know what she's up against, so she shouldn't have. Well, I guess the it's the name tag thing that that's really that's a really stupid. The name tag thing is egregious. That's like wow, pretty super bad actually. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Why could you like on her lunch break? So she just goes up and tries to assassinate Tremaine. Right, but I don't know. Like even if it like it. Even if they had something with her being sloppy, like if it wasn't the name tag, if it was like the wig yeah. sticking out of a bag and then Peter sees or an glasses. image and it's sort of like, whoa, same hair or glasses or something. Like it's just the fact that the name tag literally has her name yeah. on it. It's just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you even carrying right. that around? It would have been so you? much better if it were something that you wouldn't have even known to look at if you weren't already kind of looking at Jane Perkins right. for some reason. Right. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> well, anyway, God, that fucking name tag, man. I know. Just like wrecks this episode. I know. I know. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. This episode is largely very good. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Anyway, meanwhile, in Sable's cronies' van, uh, MJ and Indy begin to bicker, uh, but are interrupted by Harry meowing at them, which I actually think is a good <laughs> use of the character dynamics, right? Like. Yeah. Mary Jane in this high, high tense, high tense, high tension, high stress uh, mm-hmm. situation starts taking out her frustrations on Indy who she's realizing she's jealous of. And then when Harry points out that they're arguing, cause they're like having a cat fight, both of the women are like, we're being stupid. 
Like, yeah, we should yeah. stop. I think I think it's even it's even better than that because like Mary Jane realized it because she is the one who instigated it. Like she's yeah. the one who inst- yeah. it, like insulted Indy first. She's like, "Wow, well, okay, actually, sorry, let's not do this." And Indy's just like, "Yeah, no, don't do this right now." <laughs> like, yeah. yes, you're right. That's true. Stop. Yeah, I, I didn't do it justice. Like MJ is being the 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 instigator, and Indy yeah. is simply defending herself. Right? MJ right. tells her to stop playing reporter, and Indy's like, "I am a reporter. Like that's this is yeah. what I do." actually <laughs> I, and I, I appreciate that indy doesn't like back down or take like take any fault in it she's just like yeah you're right you shouldn't have said that yeah. right now <laughs> yeah it's great it's great so mj begins to apologize which i also like like very immediately is like i'm sorry i shouldn't yeah you're right i shouldn't have done that but they don't really get to hash it out because they're further interrupted by spider-man saving them inside the van spider-man uh watches a newscast so after you know he saves them it's just the henchmen, so it's, like, not hard. They're all, whatever. They get beat up. So Spider-Man inside the van watches a newscast reporting that the mayor's limousine has been hijacked, um, which makes sense because we know that Silver Sable was in the trunk. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how she pulled it off, but I don't doubt that she did. <laughs> Spider-Man's clip when he swoops in and uh, kicks the guy is, nice shutdown, time to reboot, and then he kicks him. You know, I didn't even notice that because it's not good. It sucks. This show does not do very good Spider-Man clips. I think is just where I land. It's very rare that they're actually yeah, they're bad, good or funny. And it's not like like bad pun where you laugh where it's like supposed to be bad. Like I actually I always enjoy Spider-Man clips where they're like just awful and everyone and grown worthy and everyone's just like Spider-Man, why did you say yeah. that you dork? Like it's intentional. This one it's very clear that they want him to sound cool. Like saying things like nice shutdown, time to reboot. Get it cuz it's like a computer and we're all hip teens in the 2000s who use computers and the internet now. You ever heard of an MP5? <laughs> and it's just like what what does it even mean in this yeah. <laughs> in this scenario nothing. it means either. nothing he, he's not fighting a tech villain or anything he's it's not bad. even fighting the villain in the moment like well, yeah. who is this clip for maybe he's right. testing material yeah well axe that one man mm-hmm. cross that off the list doesn't work nobody laughed not, not funny <laughs> <laughs> well he quickly finds the limousine uh, as he did before and silver sable meets him on the roof of the car to fuff a fight uh this is funny she like she sets the cruise control and then just tells the mayor like all right you steer now <laughs> like oh okay i guess so but this allows her to jump up on the roof with Spider-Man and and fight Spider-Man. So he he basically says, I know who you're targeting, because previously he said that as Peter Parker. And she drops the bomb. You alluded to this earlier, that Harlan Tremaine is actually an international terrorist known as the Piranha, who infiltrated international politics in order to eventually gain access to the President of the United States, hence why she's trying to kill him before his visit to the White House, which they have been consistently referencing throughout the episode. Yeah. So there's a timeline that she's been operating on this whole time that we didn't even know about, which I fucking love. Yeah. (laughs) I like that a lot. We kind of got a, a timeline purely through like hints and jokes that he's probably only here for like two days. That's that's the amount of time she has. And Spider-Man's getting in the way. I also mm-hmm. love that she says, and I've got all the evidence on my Palm Pilot. Because Silver <laughs> Sable International Assassin uses a Palm it's Pilot. A palm Pilot. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's so funny. So goofy. So goofy. Yeah. I like Virginia Madsen a lot as Silver Sable too. Yeah. And I think that she's very good 
in this scene especially because she has to she has to deliver a lot of exposition and explanations. Like this is sort of like, now I'm going to tell you the meaning of the mystery, but like she does it really well because like they are fighting on the top of a limousine while all of this exposition is being delivered. Mm -hmm. And so like the way that she delivers it, like kind of like, uh, breath like breathlessly but also like in the middle of like trying to like convince spider-man but also clearly kind of like as a last ditch effort because he's kind of at the end of a rope really just trying to like get this shit like knocked out like it, it all works really well mm-hmm. and so much of this information is like not even that important why do we know that this guy's name is the piranha who cares <laughs> yeah well, I think it, well, and it's interesting. I it's think it's fun, kind of like, but it's like funny it's that fun. she has to deliver all this information. Like it's super important. And it like, I think the, I, the general idea of it is very important, but it's all very yeah. specific. Well, I think I, I like it though, because I think you get Why the sense you? that there's this entirely different world that Spider-Man's just not privy to yeah. all this like criminal international underground stuff that he would have no reason to be aware of. And Silver Sable is just like, dude, you're encroaching on my thing. Look at all this shit that's happening. Yeah. You don't even know the half of what's going on right now. No, man. I love it. I think it's funny that the actress has to deliver it as if it will ever be referenced again <laughs> that's a good or point. ever yeah. mattered before this point. Like I'm just talking about what yeah. you're talking about. Like yeah, she yeah. kills it and it's like, it's, it's, almost techno babble like it's almost in the same category of like all right now say all this stuff (laughs) yeah and she's like saddled with all the stuff but then nails it and like you don't (laughs) even notice you don't even notice how irrelevant most of the stuff she said actually is right yeah yeah she's good she's she's very good at what she does (laughs) absolutely absolutely (laughs) well they continue to clash on the top of the limo and end up on the same bridge as before imagine that and when the limousine swerves out of control (laughs) and off the bridge imagine this it swerves through the same hole that spidey left the day before i think that is hilarious (laughs) i think it is hilarious i love it it's so fun and stupid and great (laughs) yeah it's it's really good because it's it's like it's the it's only something you would notice really if you were paying attention to the fact that they didn't crash off the bridge. Like right. they go through a hole that's already there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you could easily not necessarily pay attention to that. It's so it's like it's not in your face. They're not like putting a spotlight on it. It just is, you know? It's so funny. Yeah. Well, and and you have the little like gag because in the in the 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 first limo that exploded in the opening, like you see the license plate like blow up and it was like <laughs> Mayor One, and the license plate on this limo is Mayor Two. <laughs> so good, so good. Well, so okay, okay, so they do drive this one off the bridge as well, but he manages to to web the car and also the bridge, and he makes a comment "deja vu" much, which I like. Mm-hmm. That's very fun, and this this you know, grabbing of the car and like stopping its momentum basically throws silver sable off the car. Cause she's just chilling on the top of the, the limo still. So when he manages to grab it, she's flung off of it, but the mayor and Tremaine are totally fine. She's thrown into the river. Uh, I guess never to be seen again because we know the river dissolves things though. You do see some bubbles. So you that do see some that- bubbles. I don't know. <laughs> If that implies she's alive or she died, because I feel like sometimes it could go either way. It's a good point. And with this show, I'm just not, you know. They're leaving it ambiguous. Oh, I know. I'm I'm not willing to accept, even if they meant for it, I would not be willing to accept that Silver Sable is killed by falling into the river. River. She's like, this lady, this super spy assassin can definitely swim. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. No, she's great. 
yeah, it was just funny that like I was fully expecting her to like emerge from the water, and no, instead we just get bubbles. Bubbles. <laughs> that is really funny that they don't even drown give her under that. there. What are you doing? <laughs> it's her last breath. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, they didn't want to uh, pay to build a wet silver sable in there. Exactly. Can you imagine so. the upcharge? <laughs> So Spidey checks in on the mayor and Tremaine, and when the mayor tries to ungag Tremaine, Spidey's like, ah, don't do that. He's uh, kind of an international terrorist, so let's leave him tied up right now. Here's Sable's Palm Pilot. Got all the info on that. Uh, police show up, and he's like, all right, see ya, suckers. Bye. Uh, peace out, and he leaves. Hope you all can get these guys out of the car and into <laughs> your helicopter while the blades are, you know, right. keeping Before your helicopter the- afloat. Before the webbing dissolves. like In two hours or whatever. <laughs> Right. It's like, and it's like one thin strand of web that it's hanging by. Like, it's not even like it's, it's like on a, on a web. It's not even one continuous strand because he shot from both of his uh, wrists, which means he tied those two strands together. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably not even as strong as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the next day, MJ shows up to Peter's apartment to fill him in on her heated exchange with Indy and seemingly apologize. Uh, or at least just let him know that it happened so nothing's weird and he's not finding out, you know, in any sort of weird way. But Peter's like, oh, you know what? I'm sure she doesn't mind. It is cool. Also, it's not really a good time for this. Um, and the reason it's not a good time becomes very clear uh, when Indy comes down the stairs indicating that she spent the night at Peter's. They even add a little zipper sound mm-hmm. effect as she's like feeling up her. It's supposed. Yeah, it she's doesn't zipping look her like skirt up. it. It doesn't look like she's zipping her skirt up. It just looks like she's standing there with her hand on her skirt because I guess they can't animate a zipper. There's no zipper there. But they add the sound effect. It's implied that she's getting dressed, which means they probably slept together. So you know. maybe or at least hung. I'm still not convinced that <laughs> Peter's like a sexual being, but it's possible. It, yeah, they could have just been. Yeah, something yeah, happened. Yeah. Whatever it was, yeah. something happened. <laughs> they could, yeah, making out, feeling, feeling each other up a little bit, you know. Yeah. Indy was teaching him some things. <laughs> she gets, I'm sure she knows plenty. Yeah. It's like, all right, Peter, put your hand right yeah. here. Here's how fun <laughs> now, is, this is, Peter. <laughs> this is how you unhook a bra. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> his mind was blown. <laughs> it has a hook? <laughs> I thought you had to take it off like a t-shirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, so there, it's, it's an awkward moment for sure. Indy at one point is like, oh, I maybe I should go. And I think I think the delivery is strange. Like I don't fully I don't read how it was to supposed get. to be. I don't I, I don't know what of, to take from this. Well, cuz it's it's weird because I would expect Indy to be cool with the situation. Yeah. Um because Indy has been chill and I like what MJ is there to do, right? Is to like fill Peter in, apologize. She even begins to say like, this is so weird. I just said we should be friends and it should be fine. And then I found myself being jealous of her, which isn't cool. Like she's owning everything that yeah. she did and said. So theoretically, both of them should be totally cool. Indy offers to leave so that they can talk, which is cool. She says mm-hmm. it in a weird way, though. And then MJ's like, no, actually, you know what? Totally fine. I'll leave. Which, again, also cool. Like, technically, everyone is doing, like, good stuff. It all really just, like, for some reason, I couldn't I couldn't quite place my finger on how Indy was saying what she was saying. Because it yeah. could be read as Indy now doesn't like MJ because of 
how she acted the night before, which isn't unreasonable necessarily. Mm-hmm. They, this, they barely knew each other, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't want that to be the case because no. I want Indy I to be chill. And I assume she will be, you know? I, I don't think it's the case because it doesn't really fit the character right. that they've set up for her. Yeah. And she is one of the few characters on the show that I feel like they have written very consistently. Yeah. Somehow they've, they've gotten everything right with her yeah. <laughs> fail where they failed with every other character on the show. They've actually nailed it with her mm-hmm. in terms of consistency. Um, yeah, it is a weird, rare case where like, I don't think the problem is the, with, is with the writing. I think the problem is with the voice acting or maybe more specifically how, Angel Brooks was directed. To I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised lines. if it was the direction or lack of direction about how the line is meant to be delivered. Because I do think yeah. it's like one of the only things she says in this scene. She doesn't say right. a lot in this scene. So it's not like there's context around it. Right. Um, and they're probably not, almost certainly not recording their lines together, you know? So right. um, she's, she's probably reading all of this, depending on the order in which they recorded things or depending on who was reading Mary Jane's lines with her or depending on who mm-hmm. was directing. I, I think that's probably all it is. Yeah. I think it's just a, it's a weird read that is probably not specifically on anybody more so on just the process of how this was yeah. made. I think all we're really supposed to ultimately get from it, you know, if you're not digging into the nitty gritty, like we always are, obviously is, is just that like, I, I it just, that it's just awkward because I think everyone recognizes that it's a love triangle, but they don't want to deal with the fact that it's a love triangle because they recognize that that would be awkward. That and like on the surface, like the decision is made, you know, like right. Peter and yeah, Indy like, are dating. Like they, they yeah. have agreed to be a couple and they are going on dates and spending the night with each other. And like MJ is MJ's the one who in theory has to confront that, you know, yeah, as the one who's dealing with jealousy. But what complicates it, of course, is that as she's leaving, she and Peter share some sort of look and it, it can't yeah. be fully clear what the look is that they're sharing. Cause they don't say anything, um, right. but it's certainly awkward Peter, I don't know if Peter feels embarrassed or ashamed of what happened. I I certainly think well, MJ is probably longing yeah. a little bit, but also is just sad because maybe she's recognizing like, okay, like that's it. That's the deal. You know, like there's so many things that it could be and it could be all of them, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think also like, I don't know that it's really been a characteristic of this Peter Parker to be fair, but often a lot of Peter Parker's. I think, um, especially like Spectacular Spider-Man, Peter Parker was so indecisive. Like that was kind of his yeah. defining character trait. And I think that that actually kind of works a little bit here. If it's Peter, like, oh yeah, I want to date Indy. It's great, but then it's sort of like whenever MJ is around, or like in this moment when he sort of recognizes, like, but should I abandon the MJ? Should I end the MJ thing and stick with Indy? Or am I making the right call or not? Like every time there's a little bit of a wrinkle from MJ, it sort of makes him doubt if he actually wants to be in a relationship with Indy, even though his relationship with Indy is going perfectly well so far, you know, just that sort of like bit of like self doubt about it. Like, I think that that actually makes sense. And I think, you know, that's kind of a realistic thing, Mm -hmm. right? It's always a grass is greener sort of like would the alternate universe where I made the different choice go better. I, how can I know kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. For sure. It's good. I think this episode is actually really good. Yeah. This is a <laughs> top three, top two episode yeah. of what we've covered so far. Yeah, they do really good. It's, it's, it's wild that it kind of took this late into the series to sort of like kind of 
get a lot of the stuff right. But in terms of like the, the relationship dynamics and how they do the villain stories, like it all works extremely well in this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of relationship dynamics, the uh, faces of the episode, two of the faces of the episode that I grabbed, I I just love uh, when when the you know the the crew is like investigating Silver Sable at Peter and Harry's apartment, um, you know Indy and Peter are talking, and there keep being like these sort of side glances that MJ <laughs> gives them, while whenever yeah. they sort of like get on the same level or get touchy feely, and MJ is like sitting somewhat separate from them, and it's always just sort of like it's like it's like her face is like straight and she's looking at them like from the side of her eye like yeah. literally giving them side eye <laughs> oh yeah what's funny is like i wouldn't say that this show is especially great at composition like its shots aren't often composed in like a very artistic or compelling way there there are things about this show that are very artistic and compelling but like they're they're composition always it and i feel like that is not always it and i feel like this first one's a good example where it's like you're not really being directed to look in a particular place other than i guess like peter's face so then when you do notice mary jane it's like even funnier (laughs) because you weren't directed to look there you know so it's like oh shit it's like when you notice somebody in a photo that wasn't supposed to be there So yeah, it's like she photo she like photobombed this like investigative reporter <laughs> yeah. moment. What's funny having. is this first screenshot you took would actually be a great composition without her in it, but it's so funny that she's there. <laughs> yeah, it almost is like like a metaphor for how she probably feels with like the yeah. third wheel with them. It's like, oh, I just want to be friends, but I feel mm-hmm. like I just like don't fit in with these two. Yeah, maybe it's brilliant actually. <laughs> like she's totally ruining the rule of thirds in this shot, and it's like almost a <laughs> statement on the whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> the, the second screen crap was like a total accident when I was trying to get it because that one, everybody's face is like hilarious. It's like a bad, it's like when you accidentally like shot a bad candid photo of people yeah. when they're trying to like pose together because you have Mary Jane's like kind of like, like, uh, like scowling at them, which I don't even think it's really meant to no, be she read almost as that much bored of a scowl. Also. Yeah. Like it could, it's, yeah. it's, it's probably meant to be jealous or scowly or something, but it also could very easily, based on the situation of these two just like geeking out and being on the same wavelength, be like bored. <laughs> like, can you please. Bored. Can you two say anything right now that any of us would understand? <laughs> but like the it, in like the moment that I caught them, like Indy is mid blink, so like sure <laughs> eyes are closed while her hand is resting on Peter and Peter. T- it's a total accident. I think maybe he's in the middle of dialogue, but it looks like he's like biting his lip while he's looking at something well, on the computer. Well, <laughs> it's interesting you say biting his lip because I also grabbed a face on accident. I just happened to have paused on a moment where he is, I think, intentionally biting his lip. He, like, it's the moment where um, he, like, thinks about Silver Sable's uh, not everything is as it seems. And for some reason, his, like, realization face is, like, the face you would give somebody, like, across the bar that you want to, like, buy a drink to or, like, go home with. Like, it's, it's like, the sauciest look ever. And it's literally just him being like, ooh, maybe I should relook at my tape. <laughs> so goofy (laughs) peter biting his lip is clearly the theme of this episode apparently clearly the aesthetic theme (laughs) yeah good stuff but yeah very good good episode like i said easily uh i think actually honestly easily top two episode because i think the one that i said was was one of the higher tier episodes was actually the christina episode but that has so many things wrong with it that again 
like I said a couple weeks ago, like I can't in good conscience say that it's a good, mm-hmm. um, but so few of these episodes are both compelling and well-written. Uh, yeah. This is one of the two, I think, that has been both all like pretty yeah. much the whole way through. Yeah. And it's really fun, too. Yeah. It's got a great action. All the characters are really, really fun. I mean, any episode that you have a lot of Indian is always going to be good. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, and they incorporate <laughs> her into the friend group in such a revitalizing way. It's, it's really nice. It's like all it's the really stuff nice. that they did well in my favorite episode of the show. They then did again, but with a new character, you know? Yeah. Or yeah, not a new character so... to us, but a new character to everybody else. Right. Because, yeah, because the other episode you're talking about is the Keeping Secrets, like Black Cat yeah. Talon episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, uh, according to DVD, Silver Sable's outfit is just like a re a recoloring of Talon's outfit. That makes apparently. sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. They're both just wearing like skin tight, like right. cat burglar outfits, basically. <laughs> Every, everyone wears skin tight well, clothes on this show. That's true. <laughs> It's a lot easier. <laughs> it's a lot easier. Nothing flowy. But yeah, no, but yeah, yeah. It's like that one. That one was good. And then this one, it's sort of like you got Indy in the mix too. And she fucking rolls. Yep. So yep. it's good stuff. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. episode. Yep. 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 Uh, we got other good stuff and good episodes on our Patreon. Yeah, we do. If you want to check us out there, we have a whole, whole ever-growing archive of bonus episodes at patreon.com slash snappers. You can access the majority of them uh, as easily as at $1 per month. Uh, and you'll have immediate access to tons of great stuff. And if you'd like to chat with us or with other listeners or about this show, you can check out our Discord. We have a link in the show notes. Uh, and uh, the more on there chatting, the merrier, more conversations we can have. But if you'd like to find us individually and everything we're working on, where can we find you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at Ickybooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on another podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast where I get together with friends and talk about Pokemon just as I feel like it. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on Novel Gaming, a podcast where my friends Vicky and Katie and I get together and talk about all the media we've been consuming lately. What about you, Derek? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on my podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high-concept, structure-breaking gimmick episodes of television with a new show and a new guest every week. You can find that anywhere you get your podcasts or on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. You can also check out our monthly podcast that Doug and I do together called Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on The Incredibles 2 (laughs) is out on the 13th, but I think it's just like three days from when this episode (laughs) drops. So that'll be out very soon. Find that. Uh, you can find it on the Falling with Style feed wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find all the episodes of both Falling with Style and Walloping Web Snappers archived along with every uh, face of the episode and any extra images and content on our website, wallopingwebsnappers.com. You can also follow us on all social media platforms at wallopingwebpod or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. And if you could, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on all platforms. The more ratings and reviews we get the easier it is for people to find us if they're looking for a good spider-man show next week electro returns in the episode when sparks fly oh boy see you then see ya